This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a three-in-one formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. And its advanced beating technology keeps you seeing safely all year long. See safely on the road when you apply a little splash. Pick some up at Walmart today. Hi. Thank you for tuning in to this very special episode of Sample Excavator. I didn't want to go a full four months between seasons without releasing any episodes, so I planned some bonus content to hold everyone over until season two officially drops in a few more weeks. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. My name is Angelo Robledo, and I am a sample archaeologist digging through the crates of music's past to piece together the stories behind the world's biggest records. In each episode, I take one prominent sample or sound from music history and break down some of the most popular songs that have used that sample in the fabric of its sonic landscape. This episode will be different, however. Today, I am sitting down with Per Omquist, CEO of Tracklib, the world's largest digital music sampling company, for the first interview in sample excavator history. So stay tuned, and after the break, we'll hear all about how Tracklib is changing the music industry through its innovative approach to sampling. Okay, I am here with Pear, CEO of Tracklib, the world's largest digital music sampling library. And we're going to just talk about uh, what Tracklib is and how it works and kind of go through how he became part of a system and a company that is democratizing music sampling, something that I hold dear to my heart and I know that many of you listening to this podcast care about as well. So Pear, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. So what is Tracklib and how does it work and how does it help musicians sample music? Super simple to explain. So we really at CORE make it possible for any music producer in the world to both legally and affordably sample original recordings. So really, like you said, when you intro, we're, we're kind of like a record store for producers that, that want to sample. So as such an essential tool to any music producer. And, and the whole idea is that anyone should be able to, to take a part of an original recording and use it without having to worry about you know, things like, can I license this? How much is it going to cost? You know, is this even possible, right? 
So, so the idea is to, to really free up the world's original recording and make them available to finally use. So, I mean, we got amazing music already from all the way back from 1939 to 2019. And, and we're looking at real original recordings here, right? So some are even previously unreleased, like, you know, 23 tracks, including multi-tracks from Isaac Hayes. You know, and that's, that's incredible. That stuff, you know, that stuff you can't actually get from a vinyl, you know, the, the original multi-track. So you can use only the bass or the vocals or the string section from, you know, say, a studio recording from 1973. So, you, you know, the whole, whole idea is to make sampling fast and easy and legal and affordable. You know, all the things it isn't today. That's amazing. That's awesome. And it's true that Tracklib has tracks from all over the world as well, right? It's not just Western American or British recordings. You have world tracks and different instrumentals from all regions of the planet, correct? Exactly. I mean, that, that's been the whole idea from the start is that there's so much music that's undiscovered, that's local, that might be well known, you know, in one country or in one part of a country, but it's never met other parts of the world. And this is the kind of stuff that we as producers love, right? We love discovering new music and learning from it. It's, it's both education and, you know, it's, it's completely new sounds to use. I mean, we got great Chinese music, Brazilian music, you know, Swedish music you never heard before, really music from all over the world, as well as, you know, seminal soul gems and, and jazz and stuff you might have heard before too. So the idea is to have as much diversity as possible. And what is your background? How did you come up with this idea for TrackLib? And when did TrackLib really kick off? I have a pretty strange background. If you look at what I've done, I've done a lot of things. I, I started working really early. So I, I was, I love music from start. I've been playing a lot of instruments since I was a kid, but my actually career, my, my career as such has been to work in design and digital development, you know, from early on. And then working all across the world, actually starting other companies. I've, I've, you know, among other things, actually started what's now the biggest uh, power company in, in rural parts of the world, um, renewable energy company in India, out of all places. But music has always been my, my passion at heart. And um, this idea that came up in, in already six years ago in 2013, when one of our co-founders, Eric, came to me and said, look, I have, I have, a great idea and this huge need too because people want to sample me and my music and I want to sample other people but it's so hard you know to get these things to happen we should really build a service about you know around this and I felt you know let's do that and, and, and also that all the things that I'd learned from both music and building companies and all these other things kind of came together in perfect harmony uh, and it took years to get this off the ground I mean like I said six years from, from the idea to today. That's amazing. And you guys have some pretty cool people on the board or the creative board for TrackLib as well, correct? Could you mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit, how they came on to the project? Yeah, I mean, when, when we started this up, and, and obviously, you know, sampling is one of the pillars of hip hop. So so we said early on, it would be great to, to, to get people in that, that have, you know, helped build hip hop and, and sampling culture. So we reached out to Prince Paul, who was the first person to join in, um, and then this, uh, to our creative advisory board. The second person to join in was, was Eric Sermon. Um, we then were joined by Drummer Boy and, and Zaytoven. Um, and then we have uh, actually additional people that have joined that we haven't announced yet. So we have a couple of really dope announcements uh, to come this year. 
speaking of like the success and you guys had so many famous people in hip-hop come in like you mentioned not just to your creative advisory board but also people have used your product right what do you think uh or what would you consider some of the biggest artists and songs that have used tracklib oh the list is long i mean 2019 was an amazing year from from that perspective i mean of course we had middle child by j cole i just poured something in my cup i've been wanting something i can feel promise i am never letting up money in your palm will make you real put it on a neck i got him stuck um, that came out one of the biggest songs last year great track um, Mary J's single No uh, we had Brockhampton uh, the track Dearly Departed Khaled, uh, the track Holy Mountain, uh, it's just been a lot of great music out, you know, and, and that that's really on on the top end in terms of established artists. Uh, but but what's amazed me is sort of across genres, you know, from pop to electronic music to hip hop, uh, there's been a lot of great releases, right, by both these super well-known uh, artists as well as a lot of upcoming artists that I never heard before, right? Really, really great. I was super excited to see that Brockhampton used your service. Brockhampton is one of my favorite uh, favorite groups. I actually yeah. saw them live three times in the last year. Uh, it was really cool to kind of have their music world collide with my sampling world. And to see that they used Tracklib was just such a uh, great message that your company was being well-received and well-used in the, in the music community. I love to hear that. And it's, it's really great track. It know? really is. And I hadn't listened, you know, until the sample, I hadn't personally listened a lot to Brockhampton. So that, you know, brought them into my, I, I, I understand why they're one of your favorites. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're just so eclectic, just like the amount of samples or the variety of samples used by, by Tracklib. Brockhampton's probably one of the only artists that is as cross-genre as Tracklib is itself. Uh, but I wanted to quickly ask, what do you think, you know, do you have a rough number of songs that have been released using Tracklib samples? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's actually nothing we, we've shared sort of outside Tracklib, but it's it's several hundred uh, songs, right? That's um, amazing. It's so it's it's a big volume. So several hundred songs came out last year and, and you know, it, it started to really pick up. And, you know, it, it's it's almost getting to a point where it's start, starting to get hard to keep up. <laughs> We're just listening to all this stuff, right? And uh, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but you guys had a really great acquisition with the Isaac Hayes discography from his, I believe it was his son, correct? It's his son, Isaac Hayes III, uh, based in Atlanta, you know, and um, who's been taking super good care of his father's legacy. And, and we started talking to, to Isaac and his son, um, you know, years back about this to say, hey, you know, is there a possibility here? And, and then we were able to, to unearth um, 23 previously unreleased and unheard recordings that are also complete with multi-tracks and, and for the first time ever make them available. So um, 
you know, that's that's been an amazing thing. And of course, it's been super well received. You know, it's been one of the more popular additions to our whole catalog. And it, it's amazing. I mean, to me, it was goosebumps all over hearing these things because uh, it's it's amazing music. And it is pretty interesting that it was actually never released. Yeah, I think it's a great way, you know, TrackLib offers an opportunity for some of these artists uh, or people who have inherited catalogs from previous artists that have a, an extensive back catalog of either released or unreleased music to kind of give new life to this music that hasn't been heard in a long time or hasn't been necessarily relevant in a long time. So it's really exciting that TrackLib is a way for both the owners of the music and the producers of new music to benefit. It's kind of a win-win situation all around. Amen. You know, and, and I think, as we all know, sampling is musical education, right? I mean, we've all found so many amazing artists, tracks that, you know, maybe even genres that, you know, at least for me, I didn't know existed before through tracing back the sample, right? So especially for Legacies, it's a way to sort of extend the legacy into new generations of, of fans and, and, and listeners too, right? Um, yeah, and that's exactly why I do my podcast. That's the entire ethos of the podcast is that sampling is a way to connect the old with the new, and it's a way for producers to impart songs, particularly from their childhood and sounds from their upbringing and bring that to a new audience, especially in the modern day. And I think that's something that is supported by some of the statistics that you guys published in your most recent State of Sampling 2019 that just came out uh, this about a week ago. Uh, and I was hoping we could talk about that a little bit. I mean, there are just some amazing statistics in here. And it really shows that, you know, this year, the average uh, year to sample was from 1998, which makes sense because that's when producers that are active now uh, were children. And could you just talk about how, you know, why you guys decided to put out this amazing State of Sampling the last couple of years? Thank you for the props. And and the idea actually came from, you know, from the team uh, to say that, hey, no one's ever done a report on sampling before. You know, we didn't know when we started the company, kind of what are the stats, how popular is sampling and, and, and to sort of dig deeper into the practice. So, you know, what, what we found was pretty staggering. We didn't know when we started TrackLib just, you know, the, the actual popularity of sampling and, and the prominence of sample music in the top billboard charts right i mean two stats that are, are really interesting from that angle from from this year's report is that more than 30 percent of um of, of the um, hip-hop songs in 2019 um contain samples i mean it's not surprising that hip-hop samples but the fact that it's still a third of of the biggest songs is is interesting um but more than that when you look sort of across genres the fact that almost 60 percent of the top 100 albums in 2019 contain samples as well. It shows that, you know, this is popular. And, and, and being able to sample means that you actually have a better chance of getting discovered and even getting chart positions. And, and of course, sampling has been kind of um, only reserved for those with a lot of savvy and, and, and big budgets and experience. But, but the whole idea, and I think you said that in the intro, you know, our idea is to democratize this, to make sure that no matter who you are, um, you know, where you are and what kind of producer you are and what budget you have, you should be able to legally sample and, and you know, give you the chance as well to, um, to, to make your voice heard and make your music heard. 
And something else interesting from not only your state of sampling 2019, but also your state of sampling 2018, is that it's not just hip-hop and R&B that's sampling, right? It's a variety of genres that are all pulling from different inspirations throughout musical history. Right. I mean, I agree. And, and that, that, was, um, that was a really interesting finding, too. The fact that pop releases Apple, rock releases Apple, right? I mean, the fact that hip-hop and R&B does to, to a higher extent was not surprising, but... The fact that it's it's uh, it's such a common practice, though you might not be aware of it. I mean, there are country releases that sample, right? <laughs> though it's, it's, it's to a lower proportion than hip hop, but it's still it's still popular. I mean, we know that as producers. I mean, we we know how inspiration works. We hear something and we want to use it and create something new. I mean, that that's been a, a core truth to all culture. I mean, any art form or or cultural expression has always worked on that, right? You're able to take one thing, combine it with another thing, and create something new. It's just that music rights have made that complex, <laughs> but it's something we all want to do. Absolutely. I completely agree, and I've dedicated entire episodes of the first season of my podcast, and will continue to de- uh, dedicate episodes in the future to genres people don't associate with sampling necessarily. Uh, in episode two, I talked about Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and how they you know, were inspired and borrowed different chords from each other. And uh, in later episodes, I talked about how modern rock bands like uh, like Fallout Boy are using samples in their most recent albums and exploring sampling in a different way. It's not just a hip-hop thing. It's not just an R&B thing. Uh, it's just part of the fabric of music itself. But since we talked about the state of sampling, let's talk about the state of Tracklib. Where is Tracklib going? What are your plans for the future? Uh, any big projects in the works that you can tell us about? A lot of stuff. Some I can share and some I can't share at this point. But uh, I think out of the, um, you know, looking at where we're actually going is is overall, of course, to make sampling more accessible, even to producers that might not have sampled before, right? Just to make it a lot easier. And and you've probably seen the loop player, um, the ability to create um, perfect loops from any part of any song, even, you know, if the BPM varies throughout the song. And that's really just the start for us to now um, dig deeper into music discovery and, and find the music within the music. So the loop player will continue to evolve. Uh, we're also working on integrations now with audio companies to make sure that you know your Tracklib library is available where you produce, right? Um, and another big part that we're working on is to, to make discovery even easier because you, you've already seen that you can search in Tracklib for for BPM and even song key and all these, you know, variables that, you know, aren't available in, in a streaming service or another other music service, but you can be really specific in your search. But what we're now adding as well is more ways of just automatically discovering music that, you know, you wouldn't have searched for yourself, right? So it's more guiding people to, you know, deep pockets, interesting parts of our catalog, right? Um, so that's, that's kind of, a, you know, part of a new version that we're working on and other features that are custom-made for producers. I mean, Tracklib really is built by producers for producers, and, and we're looking at, at it through that lens. You know, what can we do to make discovery more fun, to make sampling easier, to make production easier? You know, and, and uh, what, what we've seen in 2019 is that we've been able to create really amazing formats where we c- connect up-and-coming producers and give them the opportunity to get placements you know, like the Inspect the Deck campaign. That's just one example, right? I don't know if, if you saw that one, but uh, we did a big worldwide competition inviting 
any music producer in the world to get a chance to get a placement on the new Inspector Deck album, right? Uh, it was so good that you know it might open up to you know to to, to more people to join in, and, wow. and you know this these are the kind of formats that that we want to continue to build out because the big challenge in in a world where you know forty thousand tracks around forty thousand tracks are, are are or new songs are released every day on Spotify, right? And and it's increasing. Uh, how do you get heard? You know how do you get get exposure for your music and how do you get into the industry? And I think we have a big role to play in just connecting you know the amazing up-and-coming talent that have started to use tracklib with the super pros that you know our our advisors that are on our board that are using tracklib as well i mean that connect is is is, is really precious and this just goes back to tracklib being a win-win and now win three wins basically for the original owners of the music the big-time producers who want access to this music and the small-time producers who have the ability to sample for a cheaper and easier price that doesn't have to involve a legal team and really like i mentioned at the top just democratizing music right yeah that's it i mean amen to that i mean i think well summarized and the idea is also that you know, and, and, and what we've built is to make sure that when a song comes out that, that gets a lot of streams, that gets popular, is that, you know, part of that income finds its way back to the original owners of the music, to the original songwriters, the original producers, the original artists, right? And that and, just keeps and, everyone happy. It does, you know, and, and that's the whole idea, to, to, to generate, um, you know, new opportunities for music and to really give music new life in, in a variety of ways, you know, commercially in one way, but also culturally and, and creatively. Uh, now, besides the projects that you mentioned, do you have any specific goals for TrackLib in terms of either 2020 or just this next decade? Are there any specific acquisitions you want? Are there any specific producers you're hoping either come on as creative on your creative advisory board or use your service what what are your goals for the company and there's they're super simple you know and and we're, we're super focused on them it's really you know overall to give music new life by both um, liberating millions of original recordings you know and the word liberation is actually in our name track lib right so lib means both library and liberation uh, so really to do you could almost describe it as industrial scale crate digging. You know, that's that's how I described it to some of my producer friends is to really find and be able to bring in as much music as possible on one end. And then on the other end, be able to reach every music producer in the world. So they have the, you know, opportunity to at the very least get inspired, you know, and discover music that they've, they've never heard before and, and hopefully learn from, you know. And then have the ability to, to actually use it and create something new. So, so that's the idea, you know, get as much music in as possible, as much quality music in and a lot of it unreleased and previously undiscovered as well. And, you know, our focus there is also very much on multi-tracks to, to find more of the multi-track recordings and make them available and then just make it easy for any music producer that wants to sample to, to do so. And speaking of crate digging, now I was hoping to ask you a couple more personal questions about what you enjoy in music and yeah. you know what, what you enjoy in sampling. So what would you say is your favorite sample in music history? Either one that's on TrackLib or not on TrackLib? Such a hard question. You know, <laughs> there's so much to choose from. And uh, I think, you know, off the top of my head, um, I I'm personally a big Eric Sermon fan and 
I I love the Marvin Gaye sample in music by Eric Sermon, uh, which I think is it's just a perfect blend of old meets new. You know, it, it's sort of the epitome of sampling in many ways is that you're able to take something that was good as it was, right? But then really bring it into new era and it just made sense, you know? And and also, you know, binds in, it's just a good whole and, and, and you know, the whole song is, is kind of made as, as just praising the love of music, which, which makes sense too. So I think I picked that one. Oh, that's absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. In fact, let's just take, a, we'll take a listen to that song right now. Just like music. Like we mentioned, that was music by Eric Sermon, and I just want to move on to of the songs released using Tracklib. Uh, we mentioned, you know, J. Cole, we mentioned Brockhampton. What would be your favorite song that has been released using a Tracklib sample? Oof, you got hard questions here. I mean, the hard question was towards the end of this interview. Uh, there's so much quality released you know and and i think uh, among the uh, can i pick i'm going to pick more than one actually oh that's totally uh, fine that's <laughs> totally so, fine just a few because there's so much good i mean among the releases that became really big i mean i personally love middle child by j cole because it's it's both super modern as well as you know i think the common the, the way they sampled and the way they brought that into you know t-minus's sound and, and j cole's sound combined you know with the deeper meaning of the lyric, lyrical content right i mean it manages to be both a, a really successful and commercial song in one way but it has truth and authenticity you know um, and and it's just it's a really good track you know middle child uh, I gotta say, uh, one of the uh, artists that I discovered, and I actually embarrassingly don't know how to pronounce his name is uh, properly, probably, is a Brazilian rapper. His name is Lennon, and he released a song called Despertadores. It, it came out, uh, it was produced with uh, Papatinho, one of the biggest hip hop producers out of Brazil. Uh, so, Lennon Despertadores is a favorite. Qual foi a última vez que tu deu bom dia? Pra primeira pessoa que vê quando acorda Não vejo há tanto tempo quem sempre via Provavelmente tu se identifica, concorda? Quanto dos nossos, bang jump sem corda Igual bumerangue quebrado, foi mas não volta Versos são despertadores, dizem acorda É desesperador quem julga pela cor da pele Veja bem a quem se refere I think... Picking a third, I gotta give a shout out to that son, um, uh, the artist. Um, I think in particular a song called Thoughts of You, uh, that we've actually also used as as a soundtrack for some of the track of films um, and some of the things we've done.
it's just you know a, a slim it's so hard to pick favorites you know <laughs> i don't like doing that but these are three good picks you know of course no i i completely agree well i just wanted to thank you so much for coming on to sample excavator and uh give you an opportunity to say any final thoughts you have about uh either sampling as a whole sampling as an art form or tracklib as a company i think look i mean we're as you said before, I mean, we're very much on the same journey. I mean, if you look at what sample excavators are doing and in, in sort of bringing, you know, a lot of stories around sampling to life, you know, it's it's fundamentally about music culture, right? Um, and, and hip hop culture for sure. But I mean, any genre really. And and I think what excites me is, is the fact that, you know, by talking more about sampling, by, by you know, making this available and, and you know, making people aware of sampling. I mean, it is an art form, you know, and I don't think sampling has been credited enough for the, you know, for the creative skill and art form it is. You know, I, I've, I've heard from, you know, some classically trained musicians, and I actually play several instruments personally, sort of, no, you got to play everything yourself. You know, there's this kind of you know, uh, the, there is this mentality that exists. And I think, you know, we're reaching an era now where sampling and sampling producers are, are getting, you know, proper credit, you know, in, in a bigger way. And, and that, you know, is super exciting to me. I completely agree. And it's just what I love so much about doing this podcast, bringing these stories of the sounds that people recognize, but they don't actually recognize. They know they've heard it, they just can't quite place it. And this podcast serves as a way to kind of bridge that gap and especially bring this new generation into a consciousness of the samples that make up their lives because sampling is more than just building that musical landscape, right? It, when you when an artist samples something, they are trying to convey a specific message with that sample. It's something that I believe deeply. And unless we recognize and respect that sample, then we're missing the actual intention or the actual message of the original artist. And that's why it's just so amazing that Tracklib is making this easier for all parties involved and makes my job easier because I can look through your guys' database and see which artists are using your tracks and just bring these stories to the general public. Uh, and it's just been such a great journey. And I'm really glad that we've been able to meet through this through this journey as well and, and uh, combine our missions to bring sampling to a wider public. Yeah, good summary. And, you know, I really appreciate the conversation. It has to continue. You know, we're going to have a lot of really cool stories, both behind the music and, you know, a lot of music that probably you might not even have heard before, you know, either that, um, you know, we can we can bring to life together as well. So, I mean, you're on you're on a really good journey here. So a lot of respect to, you know, bringing these stories to life. Thank you. Uh, my producer guy just did a fist pump in the background. We are excited and uh, would love to work with you guys in the future. And uh, collaborate on any projects about sample education uh, and production education. Just bring that that knowledge to the public. I want to thank you one more time for coming on. This has been a phenomenal conversation and really excited to continue uh, with Sample Excavator into season two in the coming months. Uh, and it was really great talking to you. Hope to talk to you again. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. Huh? I 
I again want to thank Per Omquist for being so generous with his time, calling me from Sweden, where Tracklib is headquartered, to nerd out with me over sampling. If you want to learn more about Tracklib, you can follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Tracklib, that's T-R-A-C-K-L-I-B. You can also visit their website at www.tracklib.com to check out their absolutely incredible sample library. As always, you can follow the show at Sample Excavator on Instagram and Twitter, and you can follow me at I Dig It First. You can find links to all of that in the description. Sample Excavator is produced by the wonderful Guy Tannenbaum, and the theme song was written by David Ramos. If you like the show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast streaming service. Those three actions play the biggest role in keeping Sample Excavator up in the music history charts, so it is greatly appreciated. I know it's been a long wait between seasons, but I promise the wait is almost over. Until then, keep on digging. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.